let's dig in this word here. All right, so we talked about how um, we want to talk about continue with the Holy Spirit. You know, I talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the title was, uh, What Are You Filled With? And we have to uh, understand that. I gave the demonstration of the toothpaste and that whatever I chose toothpaste just because it looked like toothpaste and it said toothpaste on it doesn't mean that it's going to be toothpaste coming out of it. So whatever you put into something, you have to pressurize it. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we don't know what's in us sometimes and we don't know what's in other people until that pressure comes, mm -hmm. right? And ultimately, we, we have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what we talked about, right? We have to be filled with the Holy Ghost because in order for us to walk out this walk the way God wants us to walk out this walk, we have to have the Holy Spirit, right? And now we know when we uh, get saved that, you know, we all get the Holy Spirit inside of us. But there comes more with that when we get baptized. Now it becomes an overflow in us. So now it's no longer just us. Now we're just so filled with the Holy Spirit, almost like we're, you know, we, we talked about Ephesians 5, how when you have that drunken person that's alcoholic and they're drinking all the time, what seeps through the pores of their skin? The smell of alcohol. Right? So now when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what should be seeping out of us. And that's what people should be seeing in, in us, right? So it's, it's vital. And I talked about how, you know, that we need to be filled. I'm going to read uh, Ephesians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. That word will there actually means command and purpose. So what is the command and the purpose of the Lord? Right? And it's not to be drunk, because he says here, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. Now, I think the King James Version has a excessiveness, but I looked at that Greek word there. That Greek word of dissipation actually means unsafeness and, and reckless. But it says, don't be filled with wine, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? Be filled with the Spirit of God. That's what we're supposed to be filled with. And I talked about how that is a command. Right? So the two-letter word, be, is a verb. Action word is meaning continuous. Right? So we are to continuously to be filled. And I talked about how also that we have Christians nowadays. That explains the difference in Christians. Some don't even believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they say that's not for today anymore. Then you have some that's been baptized, but they don't get refilled. And then you have some that get baptized and continues to stay filled again that are walking, regardless of the circumstances, are walking in victory because they know that they have the fellowship of the Lord there. Alright, so, how vital and how important is this for the Holy Spirit, for us to grasp the Holy Spirit, is because Jesus told the disciples. He said, in, what, in uh, John chapter 16, verse 17, it is expedient for you that I go. Mm -hmm. Because if I go, I'm going to send the what? The comforter. Well, now, if we really think about this, let's say we're the disciples. We don't walk with Jesus. We don't hung out with Jesus. We ate with Jesus. We don't slept with Jesus. We've been, we don't seen Jesus pray with people. So we have access to Jesus all the time. Now he's saying it is expedient for him to leave us. Right? So we really can't comprehend that with our natural mind if we put ourselves in the disciples' shoes. See, because Jesus was trying to, he wanted them to know that now it's not going to be just one Jesus when I'm here. Now it's going to be a bunch of Jesuses. A bunch of little Christ going out, praying for people, teaching people, preaching to people. And these are the things that we're supposed to be doing as we get filled with the Holy Spirit. As we come to the things of the Lord, now we, we get away from our old way of doing things. And now we come into the new way of doing things. Amen. Which is not no longer our way. But it's God's way, right? So we have to understand it. So in John 14, 16, he also said this. Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Right? Not just a few days, not just a month, but forever. So forever means eternity. Amen. Right? So Holy Spirit is not just for us here, right here while we're here on earth. But when we... Pass away when we go to be with the Lord if we're fortunate enough to be raptured out of here. <laughs> you know, guess what? Holy Spirit's going to be there with us. Why? Because He's God. Right? The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit has emotions just like we have emotions. 
The Holy Spirit can be joyful. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be quenched as well. See, so when we hear people, when we hear ministers and they talk about and they try to quench the Holy Spirit and don't even talk about the Holy Spirit, when we have Christians that don't talk about the Holy Spirit, they're really quenching it. And that doesn't make him happy. Why? Because he was placed there for a purpose, a reason. That word comforter, helper, is parakletos in the Greek, which I talked about before, is one called alongside to help. Right? So it means one called alongside to help, to aid, to counsel, for defense, and intercessor. So he helps us to intercede. So when we feel like we can't go on out of our natural flesh and bodies, guess what? The Holy Spirit helps us. When we feel we're getting weak, guess what? The Holy Spirit helps us. God forbid we get persecuted and we're standing before a trial. Guess what? We don't have to think about what we're going to say. The Holy Spirit is going to come give us the answer. Amen. Right? So even, even if we're not being persecuted and we're somewhere, somebody's asking us something, the Holy Spirit can give us the answer. We may not know it off our natural mind and all of a sudden some scriptures start to come out of us. And I was like, man, where did that come from? That's the Holy Spirit leading us, guiding us. Right? That's happened to me a bunch of times. And then, if I try to repeat it and try to remember it later, I can't remember it. Right? And it's the same thing if you get up here and you minister sometimes. Sometimes you say things and you don't remember. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we have to surrender. We have to submit to the Holy Spirit. Amen. So like I said, you know, the minute somebody gets saved, the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts. So Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 13 and 14 says this. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So after you believed, now the Holy Spirit seals us, right? So what else? Verse, uh, verse 14. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? So the minute we get saved, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. Right? So we, 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 we see that, but now we have to get filled. We have to get baptized into the point of where we're overflowing. Alright? So, you know, we, how do we stay filled? Alright? So we all, uh, we're all familiar with relationships, right? So sometimes we may have some people that we're in a relationship with, they're, they're at a distance, right? They're, it's a distance relationship, right? They're not meaning in, in miles, but we don't communicate with them that often, right? So we don't know much about them. Then we have some that we may be closer to, right? And so I, I'll give you an example where just being in the military, after retired from the military, I can come across somebody else that I don't know that's been in the military and I automatically have a relationship with them. Why? Because we have something in common, right? Even if they weren't in the same branch as I was, we have something in common. So even when I was in the military and I came across somebody else that was from New York City, we automatically had a relationship and we would start talking, even though we didn't know each other, because we had something in common, right? And then, again, we have some close relationships, but with the Holy Spirit, in order to be filled, we have to take it even deeper than that. There has to be intimacy, right? So when we hear that word intimacy, we automatically think sexual relations sometimes, but it's more than that, right? So... Here's intimacy. Intimacy is closeness, togetherness, attachment, close relationship, companionship, understanding. See, because the Bible says Jesus was at all points tempted, right? He was tempted. He knows what we're going through. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit doesn't come and speak on his own accord because Jesus said he's going to speak whatever he hears. So we have to have that close walk with the Holy Spirit. So, knowing that, and, and see, here's the thing we have to look at. How do we maintain that close walk? By spending time with them, right? See, when you're intimate with someone, I'll, I'll take it back to work again, right? Uh, so, even though working as a police officer, there's some officers I may be closer to than others. But, when I worked in forensic, and we were, we were a tight-knit group, we were actually intimate because they knew stuff about me. I knew stuff about them. They knew how many kids I had. They knew my wife's name and all that stuff. Why? So now, if somebody was to say something about me, they are like, no, that's not him. Why? Because they know me. Right? And when, you, when you're intimate with somebody, they may say, 
Don't go there. That's not wise. Don't do that. Right? And now because you're intimate, you're going to listen. See, if we're not intimate with the Holy Spirit, we're not going to listen. And, and then see, if we what happens is this. What what man says, me and my wife talking about whenever we do marriage counseling, we talk about uh, that wedge there. Right? Because that wedge comes in, and that wedge comes in between the husband and wife, and it starts to do what? Like a normal wedge. It starts to spread them apart. Right? Our disobedience will start to spread the Holy Spirit. Now he's going to stop talking. Right? So he may tell us, hey, go there. But if we don't obey, guess what? He's going to tell us again. And then we don't obey. Then now his voice is going to start to get silent. And then we wonder sometimes, man, I haven't heard from the Lord in a while. Well, have you been listening? Have you been obeying him? That is the key. We, obedience is the key. Right? So, let's turn to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 10. And I just saw this this morning. <laughs> Walking the dog. <laughs> this, this wasn't in my notes. I just jotted some things down. But God is so good where you can walk the dog and you can still get some of your message. <laughs> <laughs> that explains why she was so calm this morning. <laughs> so, you know, even life circumstances can, can uh, cause that wedge to come in. Busyness in life can cause that wedge to come in. Unforgiveness can cause that wedge to come in. Right? So we, 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 we have to pull that wedge out, and we have to stay close. Now, we're all familiar with Saul, right? King Saul, right? And David. So we know Saul became a people pleaser at the end. Right? But what we don't talk about a lot of times was Saul at the beginning. Saul at the beginning was different than what he was at the end. And see, this is kind of the same way how we may do things. So I'm going to jump around between a couple of chapters here. All right, so 1 Samuel chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. I think I read, let's see. I'll read the verse 9. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? When you have departed from me today... You will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah, and they will say to you, The donkeys which you went to look for have been found, and now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? Verse 3. Then you shall go on forward from there and come to the terebinth tree of Tabor. There three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. Now, this is a real prophet talking here. <laughs> All right, so verse 4. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. After that, you shall come to the hill of God, where the Philistine garrison, garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a string and instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord, then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Now, this is Saul, Old Testament, where we know that the Holy Spirit didn't take up residence in them. But now the Spirit is descending upon Saul, and the Bible says what? He became a different man. So how do we Receive the Holy Spirit and not become different people. Amen. I can tell you why, but I'll get, maybe I'll get to that later. <laughs> All right. Uh, verse 7. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices. Or peace offerings, seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. So it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. So let's stop right there. So again, just to reiterate, if we're saved and we're born again, there should be a change in us. We should become different people. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. Now, there's levels to this walk in maturity, right? So when we first come to the Lord, there's some things that we may not be, because we don't, we don't know church protocol and things like that, right? So that's why when somebody believes and comes to the Lord, they need to be taught. 
They need to be taught. And, and we'll get to that. I don't know if we'll get to it today, but in Acts. But, you know, it, it's important for somebody to be taught. But, as you see here, Saul is pretty obedient here. All right, so let's, well, he hasn't done anything yet, so I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let's go. So remember that he's supposed to wait seven days and go go. Listen to this, uh, verse 27. But some rebels said, how can this man save us? So they despised him. They're talking about Saul here. They despised him and brought him no presents, but he held his peace. All right? So now Saul is a different man because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. If you think back into Saul when he was uh, dealing with David and he started to get into himself, big people, he wouldn't have been able to hold his peace. Why? Because guess what? He was trying to kill David. Right? But now... He's holding his peace. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. Alright, let's go over to uh, chapter 11. And I'll read to verse 7, beginning at verse 1. Then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, Make covenant with us, and we will serve you. And Nahash the Ammonite answered them, On this condition I will make a covenant with you, that I may put out all your right eyes and bring reproach on all Israel. Then the elders of Jabesh said to him, Hold off for seven days, that we may send messages to all the territory of Israel, and then, if there is no one to save us, we will come out to you. So the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and told the news in the hearing of the people, and all the people lifted up their voices and wept. So, all the people lift up their voices and wept. They're upset. Now, verse 6. Oh, hold on. Verse 5. Verse 5, sorry. Now there was Saul coming behind the herd from the field, and Saul said, What troubles the people that they weep? And they told him the words of the men of Jabesh. Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. So this is a righteous anger. Right? So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul. Guess what? He's still a different person now. He's not the old people pleasing Saul now. Right? So he's taking charge. Verse 7. So he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle, so it shall be done to his oxen. That doesn't sound like Saul that was dealing with David. Saul that was dealing with David would not have done that. What's making Saul different now? The Spirit of the Lord. Because, see, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we become bolder. Right? And we don't, we don't have to become bolder out of our flesh. We don't have to fake it. But the Spirit just comes out of us. Right, let's go down to verse 12. Verse 12. Then the people said to Samuel, Who is he who says, Shall Saul reign over us? Bring the men that we may put them to death. So now, remember in the previous chapter, verse 27, there were some people that were not pleased with Saul. Right? So now, we got a group of people that want to put those that don't want to support Saul to death. Now remember, people pleasing Saul would have been like, put him to death. But because the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, look what he says here. Verse 13. But Saul said, Not a man shall be put to death this day. For today the Lord has accomplished salvation in Israel. This is a different Saul. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is upon him. See, and there's something wrong if we're still walking out of our natural flesh when we claim it to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's got to be a difference in us. If there was a difference in Saul, there sure has better be a difference in us. Because Saul didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. We do. So it's time out for all this, what we see and, and hearing from people and, and talking about, oh, we need to do this. It's all flesh. There's a difference when the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Because when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, it's not about us anymore. Amen. It's about, really, God getting glorified. Us lifting up Jesus. Amen. So whether the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us and we were to die, guess what? We still glorify Jesus just like Stephen did. That's the only way Stephen was able to endure that and still pray for those that are stoning him. Amen. 
See, sometimes we think because we sit, and I think I talked about this a while ago, but we have in churches where people get led in the prayer of salvation. Well, guess what? That's not scriptural. That's not in the Bible. Alright? And I know we get from Romans 10, 9, and 10. Well, I would challenge you all to read chapters 9, 10, and 11 and see who Paul is talking to. And you can start in verse 1 of chapter 10. It's got nothing. What? Any Jews in here? <laughs> Any? So that means we're all Gentiles, right? That does not apply to us. Because he's talking to he's talking to the Jews. He's talking to Israel. Why? Because they rejected the Messiah. The Gentile portion is at the beginning of Romans. First few chapters. But see, we got we, we lead people in a prayer of salvation. And guess what? Now we come back a few weeks later, come back a couple months later. Now we're talking to them and we realize, hey, are you still saved? No, they're not saved. Why? Because they were never saved. Why? Because the Bible doesn't say, say a prayer of salvation. He said to believe in our hearts. That's what he says. But this is going to sound harsh, but just so you can see it, and it's, it's, it's just not me. First John, chapter 2, verse 19. First John, chapter 2, verse 19. And then we're like, oh no, they backslid. No, they ain't backslid. Because it's just like what John says here. First John chapter 2, 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. They were never saved. Why? Because somebody fed them a bill of goods and said, hey. And, and people don't do it purposely, but it's just out of ignorance. Because like I said, chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Romans is applying to Israel. It does not apply to the Gentiles. But we quote those scriptures every time. And we go into churches. And, and we'll hear the pastor say that, and it has nothing to do with somebody getting saved. And then we, we, we tell people, well, you got the same rights as I do. No, if they're not believing in their heart, they're not saved. If we're listening to the Holy Spirit, we're going to obey him. Turn to Acts. Uh, let's see, we're going to go to Acts 16. So what Saul, uh, if you read the rest of 1 Samuel, going all the way to 15, just a couple chapters over, Saul started to become disobedient to, to the Lord. So when I read in chapter 10 how he was supposed to um, he was supposed to wait seven days until Samuel got there, he didn't wait seven days. He got nervous on the seventh day and then decided to give an offering himself. And then right after he gives an offering, guess what? Samuel shows up and says, what have you done? Because he started to disobey. And see, the Bible also tells us that God's intention was for Saul to have his kingdom forever. But because of his disobedience, guess what? That separated him from the Holy Spirit. And now, because the Holy Spirit started to leave from him, the Spirit of the Lord, guess what? Now he starts to become a people pleasing person. Right? And guess what? We can be no different. If we start to get in our flesh, now we start to please people instead of pleasing God. Personnel. Give them the word. I got off the phone. I was excited. 
Holy Spirit said, no, you're not going. I wasn't too pleased by any flesh. <laughs> but I had to obey. You know, I don't like the fish, but they kept talking about, oh, you get the fish, do clear water fishing and all that stuff. I said, oh, that'd be something different, something new. But Holy Spirit said, no, don't go. Can't go. So I didn't go. Right? But how many of us would have done it? How many believers would have done it and said, no, nah, I'm going to go because this, this is Lord's will? Mm -mm. No. You better, you better consult with the Holy Spirit regardless of what you do. See, and that goes back to the intimacy. That goes back to the intimacy. Is he talking? Are we listening? Or are we just doing what we want to do? All right, let's see uh, verse 8. Uh, so passing by Myasia... They came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Alright, so now, we see in the previous two verses, before I stop, that the Holy Spirit told them to stop. So he didn't just tell one, he told them to stop. Now we see Paul's having a vision, right? Only Paul's having his vision. Paul doesn't go, hey, I had this vision, let's go out. So who was the chief speaker between Paul and Silas? Paul, right? But Paul, he didn't take charge. No. They consulted with one another. It says concluding. That word concluding means to join together, unite, put together. That means they came together. They discussed. It wasn't one person making a decision. Talked about how before a while back when I talked about Jeremiah, how shepherds don't want to uh, talk about that because they hold them accountable. Same thing here with me, right? I don't go out and just make a decision, right? Amen. <laughs> so I consult with the Holy Ghost and I call, consult with you all, Amen. right? So if pastors going out and doing certain things or anybody going out and doing certain things and not consulting, and you're supposed to be a team. That ain't a God. Because Paul could have said, "Hey, I had this vision. Let's go," but no, they united. And they discussed it. And more than likely, the Bible doesn't say it, but probably, they probably came together and prayed about it. Because they were some praying men. Alright, so let's go down to verse 16. Verse 16. Alright, now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. Anybody got a King James Version? Yeah. What does verse 16 say in King James? And it came to pass as we, as we went to pray, a certain dance, 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 Okay, possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her master much gain by soothsaying. Soothsaying, there we go, that's the word I want to look for. All right, so this is what some of these prophets are today. All right, because what is she doing? She's going around speaking favorably of Paul. Right, and some of these prophets are going to church and speaking favorably, that's all they do, speak favorably. But there's no judgment coming out of these prophets in these churches. Like Samuel had. Like Paul had. So anytime you go into church and you got a prophet in there, or a man or woman of God, they don't have to necessarily be a prophet, and they're trying to prophesy, and everything is positive, something's wrong with that. Because the role of the prophet is to bring them closer to God. So they're actually being soothsayers. They don't want to offend. Basically, they're fortune tellers. That's basically what they are, fortune tellers. But yet, they got access to the pulpits. Mm. What verse was that? Uh, 17. 17, thank you. Alright, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, Now, no, he didn't speak to the woman, he spoke to the Spirit. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. So let's stop right there. Verse 20. All right. 
remember, the Holy Spirit forbidden them to go from to two other places. And now the Holy Spirit is bringing them here where they've just been seized. When Jesus, when the Spirit came upon Jesus, where did the Spirit take him? To the wilderness. That's right. Sometimes, <laughs> when the Spirit, when we feel with the Spirit, everything's not going to be always good. We have to remember that. And see, it doesn't have to be good because we have the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see why. We're going to see the difference in this. Verse 20. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. So remember, the Holy Spirit forbidden them to go, and now they're somewhere getting beat. See, because when you're beaten and you're persecuted, but you're filled, you can press through and you can endure. Again, that's why Stephen was able to endure. That's why Jesus was able to endure the cross. And even before he went to the cross, he was beaten because he was filled. It's not about my religious rights, my religious freedom. No, the Holy Spirit is what keeps us. And like I said, if we die, we die, we go to be with the Lord. And we still, if we fail, we still pray for forgiveness for those that persecute us. Teaching that today. Mm. It's, it's you do what you want to do. <laughs> that ain't the Bible. Alright. Uh, verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So now, not only they're in prison, now they're fastened the stocks. Alright? Verse 25. But at midnight. Paul and Silas was praying and doing what? Singing hymns to God. Wait a minute. Singing hymns to God. So wait a minute. That means they should have been singing hymns to God before they even got in that situation. Right? Y'all stay right there. I'm going to go to... I got too many Bible apps. I'm going to go to Ephesians 5. I'll remember what verse all about. And Ephesians 5. All right. Ephesians 5. Remember I wrote, I read 18, how he says, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves. Verse 19 says this, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's what we should be doing if we're filled. Right? But you still have some men and women of God say, Well, no. You can go listen to this. But that's what you're filling yourself up with. See, but if you fill, you ain't got room for nothing else. Yeah, go with that word in again. You don't have room for anything else. Right? If you fill. You don't have time for what? Elvis. You don't have time for Journey, Ario Speed Wagon, Wu-Tang Clan, right? 50 Cent. You don't have time for that. Because guess what? When you're in stock and you're in jail like Paul and Silas, guess what's going to come out of you? Yeah. Now, everything else that's in, that's in you. Mm -hmm. And that means you're not filled if you're doing those things and you listen to those things because now if you, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Help us. <laughs> yeah, that took that back. That back to my Navy days. <laughs> I had a large variety. Listen to them. I had, a, I, I had a cassette tape. I know my daughters don't know what a cassette tape is, but I had a cassette tape. <laughs> I had them. I had Journey. I had, I, I had to listen to everybody. Not no more, though. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, verse 26. All right. I'll, I'll read 25 again. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, the prisoners were listening to them sing. Hymns to God. Verse 26. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loose. Now watch this. Unlike Peter. See, when Peter was locked up, the angel came and told Peter to go. Nobody's telling Paul and Silas to go. So they stay right where they're at. Let's keep reading. See, some of us would be like, oh, Thank you, Lord. I'm going. Amen. But where's the integrity at? Where's the integrity and excellence at? Oh, well. 
Why was it important for them not to leave? Verse 27. And the keeper of the prison, awakened from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Verse 29. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Praise him. Hallelujah. They didn't go to him and witness to him. They just lived to walk out. Mm. I had people say that to me. What must I do to be saved? I don't have to, I didn't have to go and beat somebody over the head with something. No. This is the prison of God. They were, it doesn't say they were witnessing to him. Mm -hmm. He said, what must I do to be saved? That's a testimony right there. Amen. That's a testimony. Amen. But we don't have that in the church today. Let's go out, let's do this. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, but this is the real testimony. What must I do to be saved? Let's keep going though. What must you do to be saved? Do you say, no? Say prayer of salvation? No. Verse 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It don't say nothing about saying no prayer of salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And that's not the only place in Acts where it says that. But we got people teaching other stuff that's not even in the Bible. And like I said, we wonder why we have so many self-proclaimed Christians. And we've seen them, even when we go downtown to Richmond. Oh yeah, I, I prayed before. No, you're not saved. Because you got to believe. Let's see what they do. <laughs> believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Verse 32. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him. Remember what I said? Believe and then go back and teach him. Are we doing that in church today? Do we see that today? Nope. Nope. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. All from that statement from prison. And see, the beauty of this is God knew. That's why the Holy Spirit forbidden them to go. It's not, see... It wasn't for Paul and Silas to go where he was told them not to go. Because God had somebody else for them to go there. He needed them here. Why? Because Paul and Silas were filled. Mm. He knew that Paul could take the, the beating. He knew Silas could take the beating. Because God knew you could take the beating. Because the only way you were taking it is you filled. I promise you, you're not filled, you're not going to take the beating. I promise you, you're not filled, you're going to take the mark of the beast. And unlike popular belief, you're not getting raptured out before the tribulation. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna deal with that because I know that's going to mess up some of your theology. <laughs> so don't think that all these people went through all this tribulation persecution and we don't have to. We're just going to get rescued. Anytime you hear something evangelical tell you, you might want to just believe the opposite. That's what I'm telling you. Just believe the opposite. Just automatically assume I'm going the opposite way. Then he spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. So now this is the guard doing this. So guess what? He becomes a different man. Amen. He becomes a different man because he's saved. Amen. He wouldn't have done that before, before he believed on the Lord. Amen. Now when he had brought them into the house, he set food before them. He's feeding the prisoners. And he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. All his household. God did that. God did that. See, God kept Paul and Silas from going somewhere else for this prison, for this prison guard and his family to be saved. That's why it's important for us to listen to the Holy Spirit. Again, just because it sounds good, it looks good, doesn't mean it's a God. I had to learn to turn some people away. I don't want to go to your conference because you're teaching worldly principles. Because it's amazing how you have people always, they, they post on social media about, oh, the Spirit of the Lord told me this, but as soon as you talk to them, it's never about the Holy Spirit. 
Because I have no problem in talking about the Holy Spirit to somebody. Whether they're saved or unsaved. But then yet, you can talk about how you did this outreach, you led this person to Christ, the Spirit of the Lord, but then you can't talk about the Holy Spirit. Because if you fail with the Holy Spirit, guess what you're talking about? Not about yourself. Not about what you did. Yes. And you're going to glorify Christ in it. God's not pleased with the church today. This ain't part of my message, but I'll just read it anyway. Right, verse 35, And when it was day, the magistrate sent the officers, saying, let, let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore, depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison, and now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed, let them come themselves and get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. They didn't say, hey, you beat us openly as Romans, we're going to sue you. How many churches and Christians are doing that today? And I, I think it was... Uh, I forgot what state it was. But anyway, some people sued in reference to, uh, I think it's teachers, sued in reference to the vaccine about religious rights. Well, guess what? It went to the Supreme Court. They lost. Well, guess what? You put your trust in the court system, now you got to go by the court system. Because you didn't put your trust in God. You put your trust in man. Again, churches are doing it. I mean, we got churches suing each other. And we know that's against it. That we, Paul warns us of that in the Bible, in Corinthians, not to sue. But we got churches suing each other. Christians suing each other. We have to be filled. You know what? Did I get my, my title? You know, we, we, have to, we have to be filled. It'll be on the uh, video. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> What's said is important. Amen. Amen. But, Amen. you know, we, we have to be filled. It's time out because what we're seeing in the church today, it's not what was in Acts. We can go all through the book of Acts. And see, I'm going to read one more. Y'all got time for one more? Amen. Let, let's go to... Uh, uh, yesterday when I was at work. On my lunch break. On my lunch break. For his life is taken from the earth. 
So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? So now we know he's not saved. He don't even know he's talking about Jesus. But the Spirit of the Lord, see, the Spirit of the Lord knew. Philip didn't know what he was reading, but the Spirit of the Lord said, go. And he obeyed. Verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? So he's asking Philip, what's hindering me from being baptized? Verse 37. Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. He doesn't say, you say a prayer of salvation, but believe in all your heart. Why? Because you can say and confess something and not believe it in your heart. And that's what's going on in the church today. And then, you know, and I, I hear other pastors say, well, pastors and ministers, they'll, they'll say, you know, it's such a struggle sometimes to get it. Probably because they're not saved. Probably because you called them up to the altar and led them in a prayer of salvation, or you pressured them into giving their hearts to the Lord, and they never believed. Verse 37 again. Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when, the, when, now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found, uh, I don't have to read that, but look, the eunuch went away rejoicing. Amen. Now I talked about how before I saw on Facebook, uh, some people that went out to minister, and then they had the people on Facebook talking about pray for them. After they led them in the prayer of salvation, saying, pray for them, they have no hope. Thank you, Marie. Yeah. <laughs> she just made a look. That doesn't make sense. So that tells me they didn't believe. Because what the eunuch did, he went rejoicing. The prison guard, family, rejoicing. Anybody that Paul and Silas came about when they believed on the Lord, they left rejoicing. When I got saved, I left rejoicing. So it shouldn't be, oh, I'm miserable. Remember what I said. We should not be, we should not be running dry. If we're running dry, we're not filled. Alright, I'm gonna stop there. But we, you know, we we have to uh <laughs> we have to get out of this brainwashing that we've had. But we it, it, from the church. And, you know what, I'll be honest, I ain't seen it so much until I came down here. I said that word in again. I haven't seen it so much since we came down here. Because I don't remember being like that up north. But we have to be filled. And the reason why so many people are hurting and they can't get their license to the Lord because they got empty people trying to witness to them. If you're not filled, you have no, problem, you have no business witnessing somebody. Jesus told the disciples to do what? To wait. To wait. To do what? To be filled. And remember what I talked about? There should have been 500 in that room. But only 120. So what are we sharing with people? What are we doing to try to fill up the seats in the church? When we should be filling up the seats in the kingdom. Amen. I don't care if you have two people in the church. And, you know, all this week I kept reading about churches being in the houses, being in the houses. But, you know, we, we again, we got, where the church has got to be built. No, we're the church. Amen. We're the church. So wherever we go, Jesus is there. Probably. Holy Spirit is there. Probably. If we're filled, we're born again, we're filled, we can have church anywhere. Probably. It has nothing to do with a building. But we have it backwards. So even when there were some people that didn't want to come when we were in the house, well, that was their loss. Amen. Because you don't understand who you are. Mm. And see, I, I, I talked to a pastor yesterday from Connecticut, and he was telling me, you know, you look at churches now, and she said this, uh, his, his wife said this to the congregation, because you look at churches.
churches now, seats are empty. Christians are not coming back to church. And she was talking about how she'll see the same people who were supposed to be in church in the grocery store. These are the same people in a restaurant where you got to take off your mask and eat. Yep. Yep. They have no problem going to get their hair done, but yet they can't come to church. And then they'll say, well, I don't need that. Well, that's not scriptural. Because as we see the day approaching, we have to do what? We should be drawing near and nigh together. Right? Strengthening each other. Amen. If you're not filled, start communicating with the Holy Spirit. Start communicating. Get intimate with Him. Get intimate. He wants, he, he wants to lead us. He wants to talk to us. He doesn't want us to disobey. And watch this. If you fill with the Holy Spirit, you don't have time to be filled with fear. This is again why they were being persecuted and Stephen could say, Lord, forgive them. He wasn't afraid because he was filled. He didn't have room for fear. Now, it doesn't mean that fear may not try to come and attack, but you know the Lord's going He's going to rise up. And it's no longer about you no more. It's about Jesus. And that's what I said. So even our enemies, we're going to pray for them. If we're filled, we're going to pray for our enemies. I got some. I'll keep it real. I got some. They may not know the enemies, but I got some. <laughs> but I pray for them. I do. I do. I pray for them. Not always easy, but there's a difference being filled. I don't have to do it out of my flesh. Right? Because the Holy Spirit strengthens me. Let's bow our heads.